1: Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews is brought to you by Spirituality and Health Magazine, the Soul Body Connection. Visit SpiritualityHealth.com today. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
2: Good afternoon. It's time for some thinking about authentic living. And today, we're going to be talking about faith and mystery. Those words seem to be oxymorons. They seem to not really match at all, for how can one have faith in mystery? Mystery is an unknown, and faith, according to our early definitions of it, is about knowing. It's about an inner knowing, as we might refer to it. It's about a kind of knowing that says, I believe this very strongly, therefore I can trust it. Some of us were raised in traditional religious backgrounds in which that kind of faith was considered to be essential to our final post-life ascendance into heaven. And that kind of elegant influence has been around for so many centuries now that it's archetypal. That means it impacts us in a deep, unconscious way that we might not even understand, so that we believe that these, this way of looking at faith is the only way of looking at faith. Further, even when we begin to wonder if that definition of faith is really true, it still nags at us as if that understanding of faith has somehow become cellular. Mostly this means that mystery has the power to shatter our grounding in faith, so that our first response is, to it is to try to define and explain it, which means it's no longer a mystery. So how does one have faith in mystery, and can we put those two things together? Well, we're going to explore a little bit today about what is possible with regard to mystery, what is possible with regard to faith, and the ability to put those two things together. When we think about faith, we generally think in terms, as we said, of of the word believing. Um, In in the New Testament, there's a lot of talk about believing. Believe in me, and and these things will happen to you. Believe in in what you you pray for, and these things will come to you. Um, In our current understanding of the law of attraction, believing is very important. So if we believe that something's going to come to us, then it eventually does come to us. So, okay, that, I'm not going to rob those things of their elemental truth. However, do those things deny the reality of mystery? Is there a mystery that is going on inherent underneath all that believing? And, in fact, can we believe in the mystery itself? There are so many things on this planet that are mysterious to us. Our own psychology is one of those. We've just, over the past 150 maybe 200 years max, begun to really put words to our understanding of the human psyche. And only within the past 50 to 70 to 100 years have we begun to really research psychology. As a matter of fact, there are still some people who question whether or not psychology is even a science because science implies that you can come to facts. And mostly what we have with regard to psychology is theory. Now, there are some neurological implications that we have come to understand with regard to our psychology that are scientifically provable, but in terms of uh, the actuality of what a theory might mean, so say we might talk about one of Carl Jung's theories about archetype. Can we prove that? Well, he believed that you could, and a lot of his life was spent doing research on that and and, and doing um, anthropological research on the, this whole idea of archetypes and how they fit into the tribal culture of different uh, areas of the world, and and how one tribal culture might have the same archetypal understanding of, say, the word mother that everyone else has. So, he he did some research on that, and he believed that some of that could was provable by the fact that you could find it in more than one culture. Some scientists would say, well, no, that's not proof. That's not good enough. You need more. You need more data. You need more um, facts there. So these things are all up for grabs, which means they're part of the mystery. Um, so can we have faith in science? There are many people who do. Um, can we have faith in atheism? There are many people who do. In fact, I know some people who would argue for atheism just as avidly uh, as as a fundamentalist might argue for their fundamentalist uh, background. So I would say those two things are all about faith. I have faith that there is no God. You have faith that there is a God. That's kind of, that's how that works. Now, I'm not talking about me specifically, but, uh, so faith is one of those things that it says we believe. We 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 believe this so much that we're going to put our trust in it. And um, we're going to put our money in that bank because we believe in that bank. We're going to put our foot on the gas because we believe that the car is going to go when we do. We're going to put our foot on the brake because we believe the car is going to stop when we do. That implies a kind of faith. But what if, as in the instances of, uh, of the Toyota glitches over the past year that we've noted, um, what if you put the foot on the gas and the gas doesn't, it doesn't ever pull off or you put your foot on the brake and you can't make the car stop? Okay, so There are those things that we cannot say are facts every time. Um, If I pray today for rain, is it going to rain because I believe it is going to? That's a mystery. Uh, There are many things that are mysterious to us, and we tend to want to uh, focus that energy into something we can define so that when we go out at night and it's starry outside, and what we tend to do is look up and say, oh, there's Orion, um, and there's uh, Cassiopeia. Uh, these are the constellations. We know these things. Now I'm, I'm centered in what I know, and I don't have to think about anything else. So our eyes tend to make shapes. Um, one of the things that I remember doing when I was a little girl, so I was in the doctor's office, and I would lay there on the little pallet on the table, and I would look up at the ceilings, and they had some of those... Um, ceilings that had the little dots in them. And my mind would always make little shapes out of those dots. And mostly it was faces. I would, I would make these little faces. And to this day, sometimes I'll be looking at a tile floor and I'll uh, uh, make faces. Um, I'll create in my mind's eye some faces out of these uh, different designs in the tile. Um, so we, we tend to do that. The mind tends to want to make, uh, make shapes, make definable forms, out of the indefinable. Um, In the same way, you can string together some letters um, in various um, lettered conjunctions of uh, maybe seven letters or six letters or ten letters and um, leave out, like, say, the word because, you might leave out some of the letters of that, and people would still read the word because. So the mind inserts the, the missing letter to create the word Very often I'll be driving down the freeway and see a a, a license tag that seems to indicate a word, and my mind immediately makes a word, even though it's not really a word. It's a bunch of letters that are strung together that don't really make a word. So we, we, we do that. We want to make form. We want to make definition. We want to define things. We don't want to have mystery, which is one of the reasons why faith is so very important to us. So we're going to sort of take that apart a little bit and then put it back together in a way. So I want to do this in a way that's very respectful of my own faith and of your faith. I want to do this in a way that says I recognize that faith is an elemental part of what we do all day, every day in our our living world, in our psychology, in our spirituality, in everything we do. But I want to remove from faith its religious tenor for just a few minutes while we talk about it because faith is absolutely not just about religion it's about everything we do as I said it's about putting your foot on the gas pedal and and believing that the gas the car is going to go because you did that so uh, so if we can just sort of remove the religious tenor from it and say okay right this minute we're not talking specifically about God or a God of any kind we're not specifically talking about um, a particular religion or a particular dogma or particular creed we're talking about faith in general and we're talking about mystery in general okay so with respect to all of our uh, specific faiths and our specific dogmas whatever they be whether they atheistic or religious um, we we're going to really delve into this concept of faith and mystery okay so now faith is... Um, Can be taken apart in these ways. So you can say, "Okay, I have faith that when I push the button to the elevator today and leave my building, leave my office, I'm going to get to go down the elevator and I'm going to get to go out outside and go to my car and go home." Well, maybe, (laughs) maybe not. Maybe I'll push the door or the button to the elevator and nothing will happen. That certainly has happened in my building before, and I've had to take the stairs. Uh, it could be that I'll get on the elevator and the elevator will get stuck and then I'll be stuck for a while until I get out. So you see, my expectation about what will happen is one of the primary foundational premises of faith. It is an assumption, if you will, that certain things are going to happen that way and then I trust that assumption so there's two steps there. First, there's the assumption, and then there's the trust. Um, I could say to you today that I know when I get on that elevator that it is going to go down, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to get in my car, and I'm going to go home. Well, I really don't know that for sure, but my faith says that it's true. It's always mostly done that, so I, I think my faith is saying yes, it's going to do that. So you see, that's that's a, a sort of generalized view of. of of a way we can begin to sort of unravel faith a little bit so that we can put it back together and understand it. Um, So faith is that sense that I'm going to trust this because I've assumed it is so, and then I'm going to trust my assumption. Now, if we take that one step further and sort of peel it back one more layer, what we come to is that assumption is really all we've got there. Assumption is a, a premise. It, and we, we make all kinds of decisions out of these assumptions. Business plans are made based on assumptions. Um, uh, we d- assume certain things about stocks and bonds, and so we trade and we, uh, we buy, and, and that's what we do. And that's a big part of our economy is based on those kinds of assumptions. Um, we might assume that the car is going to stop at the stop sign, and so we put on the brake, and we assume that that's what's going to happen. So a lot of our lives are based on these assumptions that we make about living and so there's nothing wrong with any of this no there's no no, no nothing in here that says oh we're doing something wrong in making those assumptions we have to make those assumptions in order to take the next step i assume that if i'm walking there's going to be ground below me the very next step i take and very often it is as a matter of fact i don't remember ever having a time when i was walking along and all of a sudden there was no ground underneath me i do remember times in my life when i was walking along and felt like there was no ground beneath me. And that made a big difference in what I did next. So that's going to be where we go next, right after the break. So stay tuned for more.
3: Awakened Media for a Transforming World, Seventh Wave Network.
1: visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council.
3: Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
2: And we're back. I want to tell you that uh, the Authentic Living Show is brought to you today by Spirituality and Health Magazine, the Soul Body Connection. This is one of America's most prestigious spiritual magazines. It publishes six times a year and offers an amazing array of information for the seeker both online and in print. Check them out at www.spiritualityhealth.com. That's www.spiritualityhealth.com. Okay, so before the break, we were talking about faith, and we were sort of breaking it down a little bit, and I want to remind you that we're not doing this um, as a way of of discussing any particular dogma or creed or any particular god or gods. We're not talking about that. We're talking about faith in general. We're trying to break it down to see what it is and to find out if we can, in fact, have any faith in mystery. Okay, so what we said before the break was that faith... um, we, well, I could be walking along down the street, and um, and usually I find that every step has ground under it, so I don't fall into the nether worlds, and I don't lose track of my grounding. But there are times when I can, in fact, feel as if I have stepped off into the nether world, and I have uh, been lost in some kind of confusing array of 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 inner conflict, and I can be lost in that for a while. So where do I put my faith then? Typically what we do is we go back home. And what I mean by home is wherever we came from, whatever origin of faith we have is where we return to when those things happen. Now, that could be an origin in atheism. It could be an origin in agnosticism. It could be an origin in some kind of spiritual component. It could be an origin in mystery. But whatever it is, we tend to go home to it. And very often, going home means going home to some kind of dysfunctional orientation to the world, where we learned that the world was, or we thought that the world was, an exact replica of our home environment. So if mom and dad were... Uh, confusing and gave us double messages, then the world can be trusted to be confusing and give us double messages. If mom and dad were supportive and kind, then we can trust the world to be supportive and kind, and then we might, in fact, be shocked when the world is not always supportive and kind. So um, we, we go back home to our orientation to the world, and that orientation has everything to do with faith. So not only is faith based on an assumption which we then begin to trust, but very often, when we reach periods of time in which we're disoriented, we reach back to a kind of faith in something that we trusted once upon a time, and probably still, at least on some bl- subliminal level, trust again. And we begin to say, okay, this faith, I can trust this. I can trust this kind of thing. So, this is why, when, for example, and I'm going to take a worst case scenario here, if I'm working with a uh, an abused wife, for example, and um, she has been severely abused, but she comes to therapy and for a while she's thinking of, no, I think I better leave this guy. He's not only toxic but physically dangerous. I need to leave him. But then she starts feeling that disorientation that comes from not doing what she's always done. And she makes the assumption at that point. She goes back home to what she's always known. And what she knew, for example, is that um, mom stayed with dad even though dad was abusive. And that's what you do. You stay with the people and you forgive them and you and you trust that they're going to stop doing it one day. So she goes back to that and she begins to put her faith in that. And she begins to say, okay, I think I'm done with therapy now. I don't need any more. I'm going to go back to my my spouse who was abusive to me. So, you see, when we get disoriented like that, what what can happen is that we can... Have faith, but is it faith in a reality or is it faith in what we've always known? Which makes us begin to question the nature of faith itself. Which, but in in fact, the nature of faith itself doesn't need to be questioned, it is the nature of what we're having faith in that needs to be questioned. So, again, you see, what we're we're peeling these layers of faith back to see what it can and cannot do. In fact, the reality would be if this woman decided to keep going with therapy and leave her husband, she would have to have faith in something she has never known before. That would be faith in mystery. Does that make sense? So what we're saying here is that if, if I do what I've always done and know what I've always known, I could call that faith. I could call that a kind of knowing it says, okay, I'm going to make this assumption, I'm going to put my trust in it, I'm going to act on that trust, and I'm going to get the results that I think I'm going to get. Very often we don't get those results, and yet we continue to have faith in that thing. Why? Because it's all we've ever known, and that's what we have faith in. We don't have faith that we're going to actually have the outcome we hope for. We have faith in something we've always known. So if I go back to this, if I'm the woman and I go back to my husband who has been abusive to me and, and I say, oh, well, I'm going to trust him again, and I very often see clients do actually say that, I'm going to trust him again, as if trusting is a decision we make instead of, a, uh, instead of a, um, an earned objective reality, um, I'm going to trust him again. What I'm saying is I've made a decision to go back to, to what I know. What I know is this is what I've always done. This is what my mother did. This is what we do. That's what I know. But in, in my heart of hearts, I know that he's probably going to hit me again. I, I don't want to see that. I'm in some kind of denial. But that's what my heart of hearts really understands. But that's not where I have put my faith. Okay? So my faith is saying... I'm going to go and do what I've always done so I can do get what I've always gotten. And that is what I'll get. I'll get what I've always gotten. But my, my faith says, oh, this time I won't get that. This time it will be a little bit different, even though some other part of me knows that that's not true. Now, we all know that we have level, several different people living inside of us. Um, we're not um, multiple personality disordered or dissociative identity disordered. We are In fact, we always have a committee going on in there. So we can have different sides of us operating at the same time. So one part of me can have faith in something and another part of me can be doubting it at the same moment. And that is very often the case when we make a decision about something. But what we decide to do is the thing we have faith in. Whether that other part of me is doubting it or not, what I've decided to do is the thing that I have the most faith in, whether it's a reality or not. Okay? So, if I'm having faith in something that I don't really know for sure is a reality, then, guess what? I've had faith in mystery. Even though I didn't know that's what I was doing, I've had faith in mystery. The truth is, if we can get right back down to it, all faith is faith in mystery. Because none of us know anything for sure. (laughs) Now, there's some scientists out there who would definitely argue with me about that, and I've, I've um, certainly listened to some of those people. I have some relatives who are very scientifically oriented, and, and they, they have their very strong opinions about this is truth, we know this is a fact, because here's, we've proved these things, these things, these things, things. And always, generally, not always, but there's a, a point at which you get to, after all the facts are said and done, where we don't know anymore. Okay? We know the world is not flat now. We do know that. We've seen pictures of it. That's a provable thing. So that's a fact. We know the world is not flat. But sometimes we still walk around the world as if it is flat. We're not thinking about it being round when we walk around in our everyday routines. We're not thinking about whether or not um, people on the other side of the globe are doing something unless we have a relative or a friend or something that's that is over there and we have to think about the time difference and the you know, how they, their weather is as opposed to how our weather is. And if we're going to travel over there, we might have to think about that as well. But most of the time, we walk around on the world as if it's flat, even though we know it's not. Ergo, we're walking around in a little tiny bit of a mystery there. So the point I'm trying to make here is that faith is, uh, like I said, in it's an assumption that we begin to trust, and then we decide, make a decision to act on that uh, trusted assumption. And it may or may not be based in reality. We may or may not uh, believe, uh, we may or, not, may or may not have the outcome we believe is going to happen. So, okay, now what? What does that mean? Well, when we settle into the deeper regions of who we are, we begin to um, settle into something that is more akin to mystery. Um, The more... I want to use the word dogmatic, but I'm using it in a a general sense, not necessarily in a religious sense. But the more dogmatic I am about something that I don't really know, the more I'm choosing not to go deeper, not to explore the mystery. Um, Very often, um, I've talked to people who, regardless of religion, have a particular faith in something. They believe X, Y, and Z, and they believe that this is what it says in their scriptural text, and they're going to say, this is how it is. But if you look up the scriptural text, you find out that, in fact, it doesn't really say that at all, and that their premise is faulty, and that they have made their assumption and decided to act on their faith and even defend their faith vigorously, even though they're not. It's not based in even the truth of what they say is true, even the truth of what their scriptural text says. So, uh, so they're arguing and arguing, and arguing uh, very oftentimes very vehemently, sometimes even violently, for a premise that cannot be proven. A, it can't be proven because you can't prove things like this. And B, it can't be proven because even their own scriptural premise is faulty. So, And I'm not talking necessarily about Christians. I'm talking about any fundamentalist kind of dogmatic approach to any religion. So now we've backed into religion again, and just for a moment, to make a point. And the point is that we can absolutely hold so strongly to something that it keeps us from dipping down into the deeper regions of who we really are when we decide to surrender to something deeper in ourselves, we're surrendering to a journey that that is clearly headed for the unknown. That is more akin to faith. That is not, I know for sure that this is going to happen and I'm going to fight for it and argue for it because I just know it. That's our classic traditional definition of faith. But when we dip down into the deeper regions of who we are and we surrender to something, a journey that we don't know the outcome of, we are, in fact, having faith. We are having faith in the mystery. And why I would call that faith is because it's not based in that sort of dogmatic, pound your fist, I know this to be true. It's based on I'm going to surrender believing that everything's going to be okay, even though I don't know the outcome. So, we're going to talk about this some more right after the break. Stay tuned.
3: Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network.
2: Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just. I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs,
1: people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh. Uh, uh, uh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
0: Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Seventh Wave Network.
3: Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network.
2: And we're back talking today about faith and how to have faith in mystery. So, what we've discovered so far is this: we've defined faith as uh, uh, typically as an assumption that we uh, believe and trust, and then make a decision about, and then act on. All of those things have to do with faith. Um, typically we see faith as um, believing that something's going to happen a certain way. But but sometimes we're surprised and find out that faith, that in fact it doesn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. And we have made a faulty assumption in the first place. So, okay, so today what we're going to look at now is the possibility that we could possibly begin to look at faith as something different than that. Because if I'm having faith in an objective reality, say, because my lamp is on, I know the light is shining, or because I'm sitting in this chair, or if I'm going to sit in this chair, I believe the chair is going to be there, then generally speaking, that's true, but not always. If we have faith that we're going to get to work on time, but there's a traffic jam, then we don't get to work on time. If we have faith that someone else is going to act a certain way, and they don't, and they surprise us, then they don't act that way, regardless of our faith. Um, but we've been taught from tradition, traditional backgrounds and from our archetypal definition of faith that if I believe it, then it should happen that way. And so that's why we almost sometimes feel betrayed when it doesn't happen the way we think it's supposed to happen. And it also makes us begin to question ourselves and our value as a faithful person particularly with regard to religion. We say, well, it didn't happen because I didn't have enough faith. Um, we, we, have. I, I'm sure you have talked with people or learned about some people who may have had some really difficult illnesses or some, um, some disabilities that kept them from being able to walk around. And very often you hear stories about how they tried very hard to get God to heal them, and they prayed really long and hard, and they come away from that with this idea that, well, I just didn't have enough faith, and that's why it didn't happen. Well, I would question that. I would question whether or not maybe, instead of faith being based on an assumption that we put our trust in, that uh, we make a decision about, and that we um, act upon, maybe faith means something different. Maybe we didn't lack faith Maybe we just weren't trusting the mystery, uh, because here's the thing: if I settle into the deeper regions of myself, then I'm going to be walking around in a terrain that some part of me knows and some part of me doesn't know. My unconscious knows every nook and cranny, probably, of that of that terrain, but I might not. My my conscious self might not know that. And so I'm going to be walking around in there and I'm going to be discovering emotions and thoughts and beliefs and um, realities, in fact, that I have not yet encountered and yet I'm feeling much more grounded there. How is that happening? Something in me is trusting that even though I don't know everything about where I am, I feel more grounded. I feel more together. I feel collected. I feel at peace with myself. I'm feeling like the various components and all those screaming, nagging voices inside of me are all saying the same thing right now. So uh, what happens then is I have settled into something and I have begun to walk around in this something even though I don't understand it. That, to me, shows greater faith than, than um, even putting my foot on the gas pedal, because when I put my foot on the gas pedal, I'm basing my assumption and my consequential decision on the fact that it's happened many times before, just this way. My experience has given me this faith. When we have faith in certain dogma and creeds in churches, we don't it's not necessarily based on experience. In fact, very often it's not based on experience but based on somebody else's ideas, our, the culture of the particular church or religion or temple, um, the the, um, the people who surround us who insist that we feel the same way they feel. The, that is, that is, um, is that really faith? That is the influence of other people, actually. So I question, is that really faith? Or is faith more like stepping into the unknown and, and, Coming to that place inside of you in which you feel grounded and you do automatically trust even though you're not trusting in an outcome, you're not trusting in a uh, given specific experienced reality, you're not trusting in something someone else told you is true, instead you're trusting in the feeling of groundedness that you have, an inner feeling that says, oh, I'm okay in here even though I don't know much about what's going on. Okay? So, now, does that mean that God's not real? No, it doesn't mean that. Does that mean your faith, your religion is not real? Does, no, it doesn't mean anything about that. What it means is that we can begin to, to trust in something other than other people's opinions based on an inner resonance, uh, an experiential resonance. Uh, peace, of uh, experiential groundedness that we feel that takes us to that inner place that says, okay, I can trust this. I'm okay. And I'm going to keep walking because I trust it. It's a little bit like commitment. You know, very often I talk to couples in my in my practice where um, they're, they're wondering about this whole idea about commitment and what does that really mean. And, and the wife's mad at the husband because she's not really sure he's committed or the the partner is mad at the other partner because he or she is not ma- uh, believing that the other partner is really committed, and and so they, they they're talking about what does commitment mean? What does commitment mean? Well, we've come from a culture in uh, uh, in in our time in which commitment means you marry somebody, you sign a marriage certificate, you settle down and you live with that person forever. Even though, even though we have a fifty percent divorce rate right now. We still have the belief, the faith, that we're going to marry this person and we're going to stay married to that person forever. Now, here's what I want to be real clear on here. I'm not saying that marriage can't be forever. I do believe it can be. And whether you call it marriage or relationship, which I'm much more comfortable calling it relationship because I'm not so sure that marriage is what we're talking about as much as it is a different kind of commitment. When When, our, when couples are talking in my office about commitment, what they tend to mean is, you promised me, and you're supposed to keep your promise. And I've also talked to couples who say I can't leave him or her because I promised them that I would stay with them, and I can't break my promise. So they're having faith in the idea that the promise was was uh, is is a vow that is supposed to be kept forever. Well, in our classic understanding of the word promise yes that's true but the reality is can we really promise anything about the future i mean come on can we really promise anything about the future i promise you that i'm going to walk out of this my office today and i'm going to go down the elevator and i'm going to get in my car and i'm going to go home but what if i don't make it have i broken my promise no (laughs) something else happened um we make these promises based on an idea of where we are that moment as we change and evolve, sometimes we have to change and involve our commitments. Now, what in terms of a relationship, what that means is a commitment is a daily, you wake up in the morning and you say, I still love this person. I, I still want to give my all to this relationship. I'm in here. Okay? So it's today I'm in here. I can't say what's going to happen tomorrow, but today I'm in here. We're real uncomfortable with that idea of commitment because it means that we can't say about tomorrow, and we want to be able to say about tomorrow real bad. That's why we've come up with our traditional view of faith. We want to believe that what we think is so is so. We want to believe that we've got the future all locked up. We want to believe that if I believe that I'm going to become a millionaire, then I will become a millionaire, and that locks up my future and I'm good. If I marry this person, that person is going to love me forever, and I'm good. There are no forevers in terms of what we know about from this perspective of the right now. What we can know about right now is not so much what I can take in from the world, but what I can take in from myself. And that is an experiential design based on the mystery, not based on what I know for a fact is true, but rather... What I don't know for a fact is true. The reality is what we don't know is so much greater than what we do know. Um, There's been some people who said, and I don't know that this is factual, but some people who say that our unconscious is 98% of our brain. That means 2% of our brain is the conscious experiencing life, 2%, if that is in fact true. I'm not sure that you can actually literally measure that, but... That's what's sort of out there right now. But even if it was 50%, even if the unconscious was 50% of our lives, that means there's 50% of our lives that we don't know anything about. Why? Because they're unconscious. Can we get in touch with those things? I think so. Will it take some work? Yes. Will we have to walk into the unconscious to do it? Will we have to walk into the unknown to do it? Will we have to walk into the mystery to do it? Absolutely. So that means that we're going to have to be able to say, I'm going to have to have faith in the mystery. So that's why this is so important to think about. It isn't our dogma and our creed that helps us get to know ourselves. In fact, very often our dogma and our creed, whether religious or or secular, keeps us from knowing ourselves because it, it says, I already know. I already know and there's nothing else I need to know, so just leave me alone. That's what dogma and creed says. Trusting in the mystery says, I don't know, and that's okay that I don't know. I don't have to know. But what I do trust is that I'm the process is carrying me to a further, deeper, deeper place where I have greater and greater peace. And that's all I need to know. Everything else is up for grabs. We'll see. We'll see is a, is a motto of the person who has faith in mystery. We'll see. Instead of, I already know, so don't bother me with the facts, please. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're talking about uh, surrendering, sort of, to mystery. And it's a little bit like surrendering to your heartbeat because, because you really are in the mystery all the time. You just don't know it. You really Your heart really is beating all the time. You just aren't paying much attention to it. Um, you are breathing in and out. You are blinking. Your eyes are watering. There's all kinds of things going on in your body that you don't really know about, you don't really care about, as long as the body gets up and works like you want it to, right? You're not really paying much attention to that. And so that is, we aren't paying attention so much to the stuff that, that is the mystery, and yet we go on and we go on and we go on. So our lives are not necessarily based in fact, but rather in mystery we'll say just some more about this and right after the break we'll have one more segment to talk about this back in a minute
3: awakened media for a transforming world 7th wave network
1: america is facing a skilled workforce shortage SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA?
3: SkillsUSA is life-changing.
0: SkillsUSA is awesome.
3: SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students
0: to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states.
3: Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network.
1: Mom! My tooth fell out! The coach says I can play shortstop!
2: I could be a decision!
1: You live for the firsts in your child's life. But how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council.
3: taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond 7th wave network
2: We're back with the uh, final segment of Authentic Living today, this afternoon. We are talking today about faith and whether or not we can have faith in the mystery. What we've said thus far today is this, that faith is, um, has been typically defined as uh, trusting in something and uh, knowing something, and when we know it, then we say we have faith. And because we know it, then it will happen the way we've decided it will happen. So therefore, if somebody doesn't heal when they know they're going to heal, well, then they just haven't had enough faith. My, my talk today has been about questioning that as a, as a real way of looking at faith. I want to say maybe faith is a little different. Maybe faith is putting our trust in being able to walk into the unknown and know that we'll be okay. Because the reality is we're always walking into the unknown. We're walking into the unknown every time we wake up in the morning. (laughs) We think we know what's going to happen that day. We've got a routine in our heads, and that's how it's supposed to happen. And we're always so shocked and sometimes feel even betrayed when it doesn't happen just that way. But if we say, well, today I'm just going to be inside myself. I'm going to be in, in that Place that I can go to where I just can keep walking around inside there and be okay. Then, what happens today is just secondary to that, and that would be more of what I would call faith because it is uh, faith in the unknown, faith in the in the place where we don't always know everything. What we said is that sometimes faith, uh, the faith, the old traditional model of faith, is that we know. And we can argue from that premise, and we can hold on to that dogma, and it gets us through life. But very often, as we've as we've seen from an earlier segment, we don't always know, and our our premise is pretty faulty because it's not even based in um, a, a scripture or a reality. Um, so we can't we can't necessarily say that we really do know that our dogma is true. Although there would be people who would say, "Oh yes, I do." Oh, yes, I do. You just don't understand. I do. I do know this. Okay, I'm fine. That's fine. <laughs> that is a perfectly fine way to live if that's the way you want to live. What I'm suggesting is there's another possibility. And the possibility is that the greater the mystery, the greater the faith. Because the faith would be trusting in that mystery itself. Not necessarily because we know where it's going to take us, that's what we typically think of is in terms of faith. Faith means I know where I'm going. We don't always know where we're going with mystery. But from an internal perspective, when we have faith in the mystery, we are looking within for a, an etern, etern, internal excuse me, affirmation of where we are. It's a little bit by walking down a hallway by Braille. We're, we're walking into the unknown, but we're reading as we go. And what we're reading is ourselves. And that requires a great deal of faith. It requires a great deal of courage. It requires perhaps deciding that we don't necessarily want to uh, believe what our culture has taught us. Maybe we will come out of this agreeing with what the culture has taught us, but maybe we won't. And we want to go find out. That takes faith. So what we're talking about today is that kind of, Uh, uninstitutionalized, unacculturated, feral almost, um, decision to go within and find out what's in there. It's not real civilized in terms of its um, exploratory uh, ranging the regions of the unknown. It's It's not civilized. It doesn't know what it should do, what's polite, what's impolite, what are the rules, what are the mores, what are the you know, there's not any of that in there guiding you. And only thing you have to guide you is this sense of yourself, this sense of yourself that carries you. And so that, like I said, is the greater faith. So as we've talked today, what we've decided is perhaps maybe faith needs to be, the old definition of faith needs to be called up into question. And second, that perhaps mystery is the greater faith. And we can actually have faith in mystery even though that seems oxymoronish ish uh, to most of us to say mystery and faith in the same sentence. But we actually can do that. It's a process, and um, so we'll, we'll have to follow that process. But it is one that we can have faith in. So I want to tell you that, um, before we go, so I won't miss this opportunity to tell you this, we're going to be uh, having several wonderful guests on over the next... Um, several weeks through July and August. We're having Regina Brett on next week. Um, She's the author of that wonderfully popular book, God Never Blinks. We're going to be talking to Caroline Mice on on July the 14th. We'll also be talking to Gary Zukoff in August, Joan Borsinko in August, and um, Clarissa Pinkolick-Estes is coming back to the show again in August. And um, we're also having Wayne Muller in August. So we've got a very active couple couple of months coming up with some really powerful guests, and I want you to really tune in, because we're going to be really having a good uh, good time with that. And I um, also want to tell you that, um, I want to make the announcement again, that uh, I have a book, for those of you who are interested in following my work, I have a book coming out in the fall of 2011, it is currently titled um, The Law of Attraction, uh, the subtitle is The Unadulterated Truth About Why It Isn't Working and How It Can Uh, Actually, the book is about the possibility that maybe we need to revise our understanding of what the Law of Attraction actually means. Um, So if you're having trouble with the uh, Law of Attraction and making it work in your life, perhaps that book will be helpful to you in the fall of 2011. It'll be on your bookshelves. So now, I want to go back over just a little bit of what we said today. In terms of mystery, the mystery is walking out into the night sky and refusing to find a constellation. The mystery is walking out into the night sky and deciding that you don't know how these planets are correlated in terms of, uh, of a picture, an image. Uh, we correlated those pictures based on a certain kind of way of looking at the night sky. So in the southern hemisphere, we have certain constellations, and in the northern hemisphere, we have other constellations. And we've decided centuries ago that they were certain storied fig, story figures, that we could understand, and so we did. We understood them that way. But perhaps that's not really true. <laughs> and it's if you can take that analogy and put it into the everyday experience of living, then perhaps some of the things that we think are so true, some of the ways that we found Orion in the night sky and Cassiopeia in the night sky in our everyday routines, perhaps there is no Cassiopeia. Perhaps there is no Orion in the night skies when things get dark and we don't really know what to hold on to there. Perhaps there's something deeper we can go to that is inside of us that will carry us to a new place. Perhaps that is the greatest faith of all. Tune in next week for Regina Brett with God Never Blinks. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
1: Prophetic Living with Andrea Matthews is brought to you by Spirituality and Health Magazine. The Soul Body Connection. Visit SpiritualityHealth.com today.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network